0: This is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000, previously on A New Winter. I opened my eyes to see Michael on the floor, and standing above him a man cloaked in dirty rags, torn, muddy, a grey hood falling over his face, and a bloody knife in his hand, dripping onto the floor. He was panting, hard. Thank you, I said. And then the man, staring down at Michael's body as he bled out, slowly looked up and pulled back his hood. And there, staring back at me, was myself. This is episode 34 of A New Winter. This, this is incredible, I said, and stared back at my own face. It was, it was dirty, roughly shaven, but it was still me. The doppelganger just laughed it off. <laughs> is it? You don't remember me at all, do you? It's me, your twin, you idiot, your twin brother. I started to hyperventilate. <laughs> I have a twin. Yes, he said. Oh, your brain is really starting to turn to mush, isn't it? Have you seen Carver yet? No, no. Well, hold on. You're you're the one from from outside the trap the doppelganger just closed his eyes oh god this is painful I mean what do you think is going on here I I have no idea the twins look around here one is given I don't know how would you call it the golden life taken in as a host and the others, like me, are just spares, I mean, but you and me we were we were closer the most. we looked after each other i'm I'm sorry, I said, I don't remember ever seeing you before um yes, yes, you do you you were fine actually, up until well until Kate, I mean everything was going as it was supposed to. ..as it had done before, but then suddenly you just freaked out. And that's when they made sure I couldn't see you again. Until Kate. Yes, I mean, they kept me in the woods, in my little heart. But they said, they'd, uh, they said they'd kill both of us if I ever tried to contact you again. I mean, that's why you should have kept away from everything... I mean I don't know what's happening with you but you've gone strange I mean and they stand there saying something I don't understand I said we what do you mean we looked out for each other yeah I mean last time I saw you properly we were watching TV together do you remember when they told you about Kate that's when they dragged me out forbid me to come back then I thought back I thought back to the very beginning in Grahams and... and Dewbridge. And I was with my mum. And beside me... Beside me was my brother. My twin brother. You're right, I said. And I collapsed onto the floor. You were there. Ugh, coming back now, is it? He said. No, I'm trying my best to look out for you, but... ...you're making it extremely difficult... I don't understand. What are you after? What do you think you're looking for? What are you trying to solve? I want to know what's happening here. I feel like I need to know who I am. I want to know who killed Kate and, and Jackie and, and the others. <laughs> he laughed. You sound like Lou. Like Lou? Yes, our sister. Oh my God! This is terrible. Literally, she looked out for you more than anyone. Even though she knew you'd gone loopy, from the moment her and her bloke told you about Kate, you you just changed. Told me about Kate, and my mind started spinning again. But the, the police told me. I mean, m- m- my mum said, "Yes," he said. Lou worked for the police with her bloke, this stupid guy, or whatever. They were the ones that told you, remember? Everything was turning upside down in my head. My doppelganger, my my twin brother, looked at me. You, you forgot, did you? You thought they'd come to what officially question you? I I don't know. My brain, my brain suddenly started hurting. I don't know. They they asked for my help who was looking out for you for both of us he said I put a hand on my shoulder they chose you out of everyone Bob chose you remember no I don't and this isn't making sense to me none of it is I need you to help me understand if you truly are my brother he sat down with a sigh (sighs) well we do have a bit of time look I'll just answer whatever I can Okay, uh, well I guess the the first question is... Who or or what am I? He took a breath. You were chosen when we were kids. I mean real kids. You were deemed the beneficiary of an ancient spirit. And you've got it inside you. Right now. What do you mean? An ancient spirit? Yeah, I mean, it should have taken full control by now, but you're fighting it. I mean, you're rejecting it. It's becoming part of you. It's affecting your thoughts, your memories. But what about my friends, my mum? Look, listen, you and me... Oh, we've been alive for a very, very, very long time. Lou was like a sister to us, but... I mean, she's in fact just part of our bloodline, far, far down from us. And the same with Mum. I mean, she was never our real Mum. We both knew that. I mean, our parents had died many a moon ago. Then I don't get it. Mr. Tilly said he was my uncle. He laughed. (laughs) Well, yeah, he would say that, wouldn't he? He'd never seen you until recently. I mean, you've been very excited at our return. Well, your return. Return? What are you talking about? This is making even less sense. You only woke up three years or so ago. You needed to be here for the turning of the third millennium. But we've had it. I mean, we're already in the year 2000. Look, year one wasn't called year zero. The end of this year, coming into 2001, this is the real beginning of the third millennium. And you've got to be here for it. Oh, for Bob. Wait, how, how old are we? Why why you? Why don't you have a spirit? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's why there are two. There must always be a good one, to balance it out. A good one? Yes, but... Oh, you really don't recall any of this, do you? I oh, hope Bob doesn't find out. He's going to go spare. Yes, I'm the good one. You know, in the in the spiritual sense, or whatever. But that makes me... Yes, the bad one. Evil, if you want to call it that. I took a deep breath. This was all too much. Wait, how old am I? Or are we? I asked. Well, we've probably remained this way for... I don't know, a couple of hundred at least. I mean, I don't remember much beyond well, sixteen hundred so. Sixteen hundred? I started to hyperventilate. My twin looked shocked. He could see I was distressed. Okay, okay, look, calm down. Calm down. I'm sorry, look, this is this is too much, I get it. Maybe 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 I've gone too far on things. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're both crazy. Maybe it runs in the family. <laughs> Or, I don't know, maybe I don't even exist. And he started chuckling. Yeah, that's not helping. Well, look, you should go to Carver, he said, and stood me up. My legs buckled slightly, but I found the strength to stand up. I was sweating badly. I felt like a conversation had just knocked the wind out of me. How was I to believe this? Hermit. This weird version of me that lives alone in the woods. Could I really trust to him that I was hundreds of years old? Was this just part of my delusion? And what was with that mass grave outside? Never really explained that. He was right, though. I did need to find this carver. Okay, I'm going to go, he said. But I'll try and keep an eye on you. I can't be with you all the time, just... Just know that there are dangerous things in this town. I mean, more dangerous than a rich idiot from London with a gun. Do you understand? Yeah, um... So what, I, I can't just call on you? I mean, what should I even call you? Oh, I don't want you blurting my name out to anyone, so... I shouldn't even be here. All right, call me, I don't know, what's, what's modern now? What's, what's cool? I mean, Joseph? Sounds okay, I guess. Uh, okay, Joseph, thank you. Well, You're thanking me now, but just remember it later, okay? And if I was you, I'd rest in that bedroom upstairs. You need sleep, clearly. And with that, he grabbed Michael's limp body and dragged it out of the front of the house. I walked up the stairs. My mind was just spinning. As soon as I laid on the bed, I was asleep. When I woke, I thought back to what had happened that previous night with this Joseph. And I had to ask myself was it real? Did I have this ancient spirit within me? I went downstairs and I didn't see anything out like of the ordinary. I mean there was nothing, not even a pool of blood with my cord bled out. Literally nothing. I walked into the bright sunshine. I felt the cool air fill my lungs and I felt, well, I felt alive. I looked across the drive and I saw a Volkswagen, Volkswagen Polo that hadn't been there before. It must have been used recently because no snow had settled onto it. I walked up to it cautiously and noticed that it had something inside of the car against the windscreen, like a note. I went to open the door and it was unlocked. As I sat in front of the wheel I looked at the dashboard and there was a piece of paper On it was written Keys in the glove box No one will be looking for it Go see Carver And it was signed Joseph I folded up the note and put it in my pocket. At least this was some kind of proof that maybe I wasn't crazy. I got the keys and started up the engine. As I drove out, I looked in the rearview mirror. Not that I expected to see anything. And there wasn't anything there, but as I drove off, I felt the unsettling feeling that I was leaving something behind. I followed the signs of the hospital and parked up. It was the first time I'd been surrounded by more than just a handful of people. None of them paid any attention to me. They were just carrying on with their lives. I thought back to the shrieks of the masked ones and wondered if any could be around me right now without me even knowing. I walked into the hospital. The ease of access in the hospital always freaked me out. you can just almost walk anywhere you want. As long as you look like you have purpose, no one's going to question you. I walked up to the reception desk and asked for Dr. Carver fourth floor, follow the signs for neurology she said as I walked along people nodded and smiled and I couldn't help but shake the feeling that this was all happening too easily or was it wasn't this just how my normal life was like why was I being so paranoid as I walked through neurology I came across the door marked Dr Carver and I knocked come in I heard I opened the door, and there, sitting in front of me, was a bald man in his sixties or so, wire-rimmed glasses and a scruffy beard. He didn't look up. Instead, he was scribbling notes in a file. "Yes," he said impatiently. "Doctor Carver," I asked. "That's what it says on the door, isn't it? Come on, spit it out." "Um, I just need to quickly talk to you about about my brain." Carver angrily threw down his glasses and swung around and as he looked at me I looked shocked he picked his glasses back up and stood up to shake my hand it's you, he said um yes, I replied unsure whether it was a good or a bad thing that he recognised me they told me you may come you had been having problems this time, you know, adjusting Mike, you really haven't aged, have you? It's quite astonishing. Who told you? I asked. Hmm. People. Now let's have a look at you. What do you remember of your life? Of my life? Well, I, I remember bits and pieces, but... I'm feeling that... Like as time passes, that I'm only remembering flashes. Huh. It's strange that over the years, It's, it's only now that you've started to... Regress... And you were changed a long time ago you shouldn't remember anything about your well, humanity or at least have it consciously control you what, what are you talking about, I asked you're not making sense i let me put it this way I think we need to run an MRI on you just to ascertain if it's a physical problem that we're dealing with here and that's the best I can do I'm afraid without another word, Carver left the room It wasn't long until a nurse prepped me and I went into one of those huge machines. I was given earplugs for the noise, but it sounded like roadworks taking place next to my head. The nurse had warned me about feeling claustrophobic, but instead, I found the small space comforting. Once I was out, I was dressed and returned to Carver's room. After another half hour, he returned, looking extremely agitated. Well, you have your results. That was fast, I said. Well, it can be when you need to pull in a favour or two. Okay, so I need you to look at something. He flipped on a light box and threw up what I presumed was a picture of my brain. Now this is you, as you can probably guess, and you see this uh this grey patch here. Yes, I said. And I swallowed hard. Well, it's a tumour. So So I'm dying. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, yes and no. If it carries on, then yes, but... Well, there may be a chance. It does seem that the tumour's had an effect on your memories, perhaps your perception of reality. I mean, it might be what's distorting things. So I may not have this spirit inside of me. (laughs) Spirit? Uh, well, Well, it's definitely there... But the tumour might be what's caused the sudden change of character, these memories, to surface. I can't promise they'll be repressed, either. OK, so what do I do? Well, up to you, really. I mean, at this stage, I would say that, well, you'd need surgery. But I can't promise that'll work, either. Does Robert know about this? Robert? N- no. And there was that name again, Robert. Bob, I guess others called him. Who was this guy? Hmm, well, I think you should talk to the others and, you know, just talk about next steps. In the meantime, these pills should help with the pain. He dried something down on his pad. Hand it to the nurse on the way out and she'll grab it for you. And, look, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't better news. And like a zombie, I just wandered out the room, handed the nurse nearby the prescription took the drugs and walked out to the car. Before I got in, I looked at myself in the mirror. Who was I? What was going on inside me, inside my head? What was... What was even real anymore? And as I stared at my reflection, saw another face approach from behind me. And Sophia. I swung around, but the young German girl already had a gun trained on me, hidden within her coat don't move she said get in the car and start driving I didn't utter another word stepped in and as she got into the back seat I drove off from the hospital where are we going I asked and to be honest I didn't feel scared to the tunnels what tunnels I asked The ones that run beneath town, where bad happens, she said in her broken English. Okay, and and where is that? Keep Fords, I'll speak. And so I kept driving. She directed me around parts of the town I'd never even seen before. And we came across an old power station. Exit, she said, and I got out of the car. Ford. Ford and I walked in front of her towards the huge grey concrete building and a small metal door that I presumed was our destination. She nudged me in the back and I opened it up. It was pitch black. Immediately I didn't like the look of this. Resume walk, Sophia said sternly from behind me. This was certainly quite different from the girl Jackie had introduced me to at Betty's. Perhaps she thought... Perhaps she thought I'd killed Jackie... I couldn't help but wonder if she was just leading me to my death. She'd already killed Dewbridge and watched to stop her from finishing the job. I decided to talk to her. She led me through the dank, grimy corridors of the power plant, light eking through wherever possible, our shoes clattering on the metal below us, echoing off the narrow walls. "'Why did you kill Dewbridge?' I said. "'It was a mistake.' You were supposed to be dead. I was aiming for you. I felt my heart race, my head thumping again. But why not finish me off there and then? Why did you run off? I had not killed before. The silence was left hanging in the air. Onwards we went, her pushing me further into this strange dark building. Are you going to kill me? I asked, quietly. Like you did my father. Like you did the others, she said. No, I didn't do any of that. Jackie was only trying to help me, you know, she said. Help me find my father's killer. And you, you made her dead. you tricked her, twisted her head. Sophia sounded so cold that her words shook my very core. She decided what she was going to do. I could tell. I didn't kill anyone, I said calmly. Not Jackie, not your father. Liar, she shouted, and pushed me, so I fell forward onto the ground. You lie. Jackie told me that you killed my father. Sophia, look, I was, I was maybe the last person he spoke to you. But I didn't kill him. And Jackie and I may try to look to right in the eye as I spoke. Jackie was assorted. She was sexually assaulted. Raped. By your father. No, Sophia said, and clutched her head and started crying, rocking back and forth. No, no, no. Not again. Not him. You're trying to trick me. You're trying to trick me like you tricked her. It suddenly dawned on me. You killed her, didn't you? You killed Jackie. She, she was waiting for you. She told me her Grahams, they had proof, they had proof of what was happening and would go to find it. When I turned up to meet her, she said it was too late for her friend that that they had not got enough time to find the proof needed. And she was crying. And I wanted to know about my father. And she said... She told me as she was crying that... that he did things to her. Things I would not believe. Could not. So... So I made her quiet. I took a deep breath. I couldn't believe this young, pretty, blonde German girl had killed Jackie brutally murdered her in fact. You're mad, I said. Me? She laughed. Me? Jackie told me that it was you. And what was me? She looked at me dead in the eye and held the gun back up. Don't you know, she said with a smile, you kill everyone. You kill my father. You kill Kate. You kill Grahams you are the killer If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to a new winter.